This morning I have a message I want to share with you called Groaning to Birth. It's about childbirth. I spoke on abortion a couple weeks ago, so this is a good follow-up, isn't it? Groaning to birth. It's my understanding I've witnessed four births. I've assisted. I've assisted (laughs) in four births. Stood right next to that doctor in case he needed any help. (laughs) While my wife looked at me. It's my understanding that... uh, At the second stage of labor, uh, contractions increase to where there will be sounds uttered. (laughs) You know, I'll never forget, uh, this is about 20 years ago, we had a new couple come to the church. They had a a newborn baby. We went to their house to visit them, to congratulate them and see them. And, And the husband was so excited. He said, I've never seen anything like it. This was so awesome. It was so incredible. He said, I took pictures all the way through. He said, do you want to see them? (laughs) No. No. He was taken back. He was offended. It's like, I don't want to see them. No. We're here to enjoy a meal with you and your wife. I don't want to see this. And he really wanted to show me. I I don't know why he asked, because he wanted me to see it. It's like, I don't want to see this. Births are messy. How many of you know that? Right? You can't maintain your composure while giving birth to a child. I've seen it. How many of you have felt it? Ladies? Okay. Yeah, so, so it, 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 my understanding is, is in the second stage of labor, it's when the contractions begin to intensify, and that's when the groaning starts. A good indication that a birth is on the way and the canal is being prepared is the groaning starts. And so that's going to mean birth is on the way. And with that, you're going to hear moaning, you're going to hear panting, wincing, grunting, some growling, some roaring, some crying, and some screaming. There's no composure in the fact that life is being born and it's coming forth, right? It's intense. And Paul uses this analogy for some very important births in the Word of God. If you would, turn with me to Romans chapter 8 so that we can begin to consider this birthing. Birth groans. The groaning of a child coming. You don't worry about what you're wearing. You don't worry about your clothing. You don't worry about your makeup. You don't worry about your hair. You don't worry about what you look like. You are completely motivated for the birth of that child. Paul understood that and he uses it as a reference and he begins speaking about creation. He says this, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. There's the groaning. So the earth, all of creation and all that God has made has been groaning and groaning and moving in its contractions to bring forth a birth. He says until now that birth is meaning the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Something changed in all of the created realm in the physical universe when Jesus died and was buried and rose again from the dead. His blood bought the price 
for the condemnation of man and creation to liberate it from sin and death. They were waiting for that to take place, but they're also waiting for the manifestation of the body of Christ in a greater measure. In fact, he says this in the verses before that, for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. You know, when you were going to have a a baby, you were wondering, well, nowadays you can find out, but back in the day you wondered, is it going to be a boy? Is it going to be a girl? You're eagerly waiting. What is this child going to be? Oh my goodness. Waiting to see what the manifestation of this child's going to look like. All of creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. We are the sons of God. Creation is waiting for us to demonstrate who we are in Christ Jesus. And it's waiting. You know, when those squirrels are skimpering around your lawn, they're going like, come on, come on. They're waiting for you. This earth is waiting, and it's in turmoil. The creation was subjected to futility, frustrated, not willing, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain freedom of the glory of the children of God. Creation was subject to the futility of the curse of sin and death because of Adam. You see, God had made Adam and Eve, mankind, humankind, the pinnacle of his creation. And everything was subject unto him. Read Psalm 8. It speaks about, why is man that you're mindful of us? You made us a little lower than Elohim. You made us lower than the angels, as the New Testament references it. And, and you put all things in subjection or authority under our feet. It's not just speaking of Jesus. It's speaking of mankind. We have authority over all that God created. And the evidence of that is when we fell, everything fell with us. It didn't want to. All of this created world, its beauty, its glory, its magnificence. Could you imagine what this planet would look like if there was no sin? The beauty of life and the food and the glory of all that is here is subject to the futility. We are destroying it. We're ruining this earth by our sin and what we're doing to pollute it and corrupt it continually. It's subject to our sinfulness. But it's waiting to be set free from its bondage to corruption. Right? The second law of thermodynamics is that everything is deteriorating and breaking. Imagine that being broken off of this planet. And this earth, this created earth, wants to obtain the freedom of our glorious freedom. It won't come till we are resurrected and redeemed. That's when it is coming. And we rejoice in that. But earth is waiting for us. When it's raining out, it's crying, waiting. Oh, when are these people going to manifest their glory it's waiting how many of you know that the earth is full of birth pangs it is rumbling and crumbling and and roaring we see weather patterns changing we see so many different things taking place some are going to call it climate change some are going to call it this i'll tell you what it is it's the birth pangs of the second coming of jesus christ paul talks about creation in the sense of giving birth giving birth. It's waiting to give birth 
to the new life that Christ is going to bring to it. He then goes on in another illustration and he says, and not only creation, but we ourselves, who? Believers. He qualifies who he's talking about, who have the first fruits of the Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. So there's another birth going on because we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons, and he qualifies it, the redemption of our bodies. See, I'm redeemed. I've been born again. My spirit man has been made alive, right? My soul, my intellect, emotion, well, is being redeemed. It is in a process of being transformed by the renewing of the mind. But this body, unfortunately, eh, it's, it's under death. But there is a day, the resurrection, when we will be redeemed. The full redemption, Peter calls it, when we will be fully redeemed, our spirit, our soul, and our body. We will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. This mortal will put on immortality, and we will have a body like the resurrected Jesus. We'll be able to move into the physical realm and into the spirit realm and have full contact with both realms in this body. And you and I are groaning for that day. Anybody groaning for a new body? I hear you groaning. I hear you groaning. You get up off the chair after service and you're like, there's groaning going on. But there's a groaning for a new body. You ever think about it? Huh? Renovating this thing? Wouldn't that be nice? What you could eliminate? Maybe what you could add? What you lost? Just a whole renovation would be really good. We're groaning for it. We're looking for it. There's another birthing he's talking about. We're waiting for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord God, would you please come? We're going tired. We're growing tired of the world we're in. And God, we're expressing pain. We need you to return. And that's what we want, the resurrection of our bodies. We want the resurrection of this created realm. We want Jesus to make everything right. And these birth pangs are getting greater and greater in increase. We can see it in the earth, can't we? We can see it in all that's taking place. That's why I personally believe that we are nearing the end times. What is this a birth unto? It is the birth of God's kingdom fully manifesting into this planet totally changing us into the resurrected life of Christ Jesus and setting this order of creation back to the way God designed it, breaking sin and death off of creation and off of our bodies. Amen? Somebody's got to say amen to that. Why, why do I believe that this is taking place? I mean, Peter on the day of Pentecost said, these are the last days with jo which Joel prophesied. So we're 2,000 years closer to the last days, so I'm confident in that. But I'll give you three reasons why I believe that the birthing pains, I believe that we're starting to enter into those birthing pains uh, of contractions and labor for the second coming of Christ. It's because, number one, key issue, Israel is back in the land. Israel was not in the land and didn't have authority in the land for, for well over 4,000 years. And, and now God brought them back in. 
from all over the world. Israel is established as a nation. It happened in one day, as Isaiah says, can there be a birth within a day? And yes, there was. The miracle of Israel was born as a nation. And here they are back into the land, which is the stage set up for the last days, the end times, when God is going to gather all the nations back to Israel so when Christ returns, everybody will have a front row seat to see his kingdom come. Second reason is because we are now on a global scale for communicating. Jesus said it will be as in the days of Noah when there was one language. You remember the Tower of Babel? Mankind could do anything it put its mind to, so God had to confuse the languages to stop that from happening as it was in Noah's day. And so now we've regained the ability to communicate around the world instantly with one language and one form of communication. It hasn't been that way since Babel. And now we're back into that realm of one world unification. The third is unprecedented rebellion. It's not rebellion in one nation and another nation. It is rebellion morally and ethically around the globe. We have twisted what is in nature and we have perverted what is in nature and it is literally happening globally with all of mankind. These, I believe, are the signs of the end times. In fact, Jesus said this, when you see these things, they are but the beginning of birth pains. There it is again. The birth pains, the labor. So as this is taking place, there is a groaning of labor going on. But don't lose hope in all of this. One of the biggest problems with Christians is we all want to get out of here. Just take us out, Jesus. Rapture me out of here. Get me out of here. It's getting bad. I don't want to feel any of this. But you can't have a premature birth. God's got something in design here and in purpose. Don't worry about leaving this place. This place needs the body of Christ more than ever. It needs the redemption of Jesus more than ever. He's not going to take out its only hope, the church, too early. We need to be here for the people of God. Jesus said this, you will weep and you will mourn, but the world will rejoice. You'll have your pain, but your pain will turn to joy. When a woman's in labor, she has pain because of her hour coming. But when her child is born, she no longer remembers the anguish because of the joy. That's it. That's how Paul started this passage in Romans 8, 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed to us. There's a birth coming. And we're in the middle of this birthing. So creation's waiting for it, the manifestation of the sons of God, the full redemption, but it can't have it till we get it. We're groaning for birth pains for it to happen. And there's a third aspect of groaning going on in this passage. Paul says this, likewise, likewise. Does anybody know what likewise means? In the same way, well said. In the same way. So something is going to happen in the same way as his previous illustrations. He says this. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we don't know what to pray for as we ought to. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with what? Groanings too deep for words. So what's the likewise? What's the repetition? 
What's the repeated word in this verse? Groanings. Groanings. We're back to birthing again, aren't we? That is the illustration. The groanings of birth pangs in creation, the groanings of birth pangs for inside us believers who need a resurrection, the full redemption, and the Holy Spirit is groaning to birth something in you. He's groaning because he wants to birth Jesus in a greater way in the church than ever before. He says that the Spirit helps us. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Come on, where would we be without the Holy Spirit? Could you imagine the church without the Holy Spirit? Well, we got some on the, uh, in, the, in the area. Uh, and we got churches that meet without the Holy Spirit. They, they don't want Him present. I need Him. I don't know about you. <laughs> Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness for we do not know what we should be praying for. So what this verse is saying to us is, we are weak and we are ignorant. Can I get an agreement with that? Right? Right? The minute you think you're all that, and the minute you think you're smart as you need to be, you're in trouble. But if we would confess and we would go quickly to the Lord and say, it's not by might, it's not by strength, it's by the Spirit, says the Lord. I need your Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a genius. The Holy Spirit is creative. The Holy Spirit is gracious. The Holy Spirit is the wisdom of God put in you. And He is desiring to birth that wisdom unto your mind and unto your heart. Ask the Holy Spirit what you need of. He's here to help you in your weakness, help you in your ignorance. And he is groaning. What does that sound like to you? He's groaning, birthing. To the, that it's so deep, it's not even words. Right? So, I mean, that's deep. The Holy Spirit is not relenting. He's not taking any time off with you and I. The church needs the Holy Spirit. And the church is, is God's Spirit is groaning to birth, to birth what God has desired for us. What is it that he wants to birth in us? He goes on, he says this, the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he says this, and he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So this verse tells us that the Holy Spirit is groaning to birth something. And God the Father is searching the mind of the Spirit because he who searches hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. That's God. God searching our heart is searching to hear what? The prayers of the Holy Spirit. While the Father's searching our heart, he knows the mind of the Spirit. The Spirit is interceding for the saints according to the will of God. So you've got the Father searching your heart, listening to the prayer and intercession of the Holy Spirit who is trying to birth the perfect will of God into your heart. You think you had to do this all yourself. You think you're living this Christian walk as the best you can. Thank God you've got training wheels. You've got a generator. You've got power in you that is constantly groaning to birth the right choice, 
the right will of God in our hearts. That's what this third birth is about. In fact, he goes on to say this a few verses later. For those whom he foreknew, he predestined to be what? Conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brethren and sisterin. He wants Christ birthed in us. The Holy Spirit is shaping Jesus in the church. That's what he's doing. I'll prove it to you. Ephesians 4.13. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The church is supposed to grow up and act like Jesus, be like Jesus, walk like Jesus, talk like Jesus, care like Jesus, and that is all being birthed in us by the groaning and the labor pains of the Holy Spirit. That's awesome. Galatians 4.9 says, My dear children, for whom I am again in the pain of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. That's the birthing of the Holy Spirit. He dwells in us now to groan and be pregnant to birth the image, the full maturity of Christ in each of us and collectively in the body of Christ. It's time for the body of Christ to give birth and life to Jesus. Amen? That's what God wants done in us. And the Holy Spirit is sweating. The Holy Spirit oh, is groaning because He's working in us. Oh God, He's crying out to the Father that we would respond to what He's doing. Now I want to tell you something. If I see that creation is already in its place of birth pangs, and it is already convulsing and groaning in labor. How many of you have seen any of those YouTubes, the videos where there's strange sounds coming from the earth? People are starting to hear them. They've got videotape in Germany and Sweden, all around the world, and someone's just got their phone out and said, listen to this, we can hear it. And you hear this, right? And it's not somebody's lawnmower. It's in the sky. It's in the earth. Something's happening. There's, there's this groaning and this moving in the earth. Uh, how many of you know Yellowstone is a volcano? There, it's a giant volcano. What's going to happen when that thing decides to erupt? And just instantly, things are going to convulse and move and shake. And uh, If that's happening, if we can see it happening in our weather patterns and in everything else, then that means the church is closer to growing into its full maturity. Because that can't happen till we happen. Christ can't return, doesn't want to return, till his church is at her full stature and image of Christ. He can do that instantly. He can do that quickly in us if we would but respond to the Holy Spirit's work in us. He's groaning in us to get the job done. If the labor pains are intensifying, then the church 
is ready to mature. But I just have a question, church. Where is the groaning? Where is our travail? When will we get serious in our agreement with what the Holy Spirit wants to do? How long will we, we resist? You can, women, you could resist that birth for only so long till it comes and you don't have a choice. God will do that with his church and those who are pregnant with the Holy Spirit will respond. Those who are not pregnant will walk away from what's going on because it's going to be too messy and too noisy for them. They're not going to have it. It's a false pregnancy. And so they're going to move away. But the true church is ready to give birth to what God wants to give birth to. An unparalleled display of Christ's power over sin, Satan, sickness, and ultimately death. And I conclude with this. I've never seen or understood this scripture before. We're at the very end of the book of Revelation. It says, the spirit and the bride say, come, Lord Jesus. I never understood that. I always saw that the church, of course, is going to say, come on, come on, come on, in desperation. But there's an hour coming where the church is not going to shrink back from its position of authority in the earth. It's not going to want to get raptured. It's going to want to stay for more souls to be saved. It doesn't care about the discomfort. It doesn't care about the oppression. It doesn't care about the persecution. Because if I could save one more soul, if I could save two more souls, if God could move in another marriage, if God would do us, that's what the church is saying. The church isn't saying, I'm ready to leave. The church is saying, I have come to full stature. And it is now, Lord God, when everything is in place, the Spirit and the Bride say, come Lord Jesus, come. And the birthing of the new age will come through Jesus Christ our Lord. Come on, somebody say amen this morning. Hallelujah. So brothers and sisters, I want to tell you there is a birthing going on. There is groaning going on. You can see it in nature. You know you want it in your own self. But most of all, the Holy Spirit wants to birth Christ's manifestation of His character in us. It's time for us as a church to begin to manifest the nature of Jesus like never before. God wants us at full stature. Would you bow your heads this morning? Would you call upon the Holy Spirit? He doesn't need to come from heaven. He's already in you. He's been in turmoil all morning. He's been groaning. He's been moaning to purposely draw the will of God into your own decision and in your heart. This morning, God is telling some of you to put things away. There are things that have been resisting the birth of Christ in that area of your life. There are some things you've been doing that God says enough is enough. The Holy Spirit's been praying, oh, Father, God, I'm ready for you to send it to them, but they're just unwilling. And the Holy Spirit is groaning, is groaning to get us prepared, groaning to have us receive and to expand the capacity of this church, this church, to love and to care and to reach the realm of the Spirit to where we break down strongholds and demonic forces. We lay hands on the sick. We see them recover. We speak with new tongues. We cast out demons. 
No deadly thing will hurt or harm us. We will move under the unction and power that the Holy Spirit has been groaning for and birthed in us. So I would pray, and I would ask you, church, to pray. Hallelujah.